space-time, the ever-expanding frontier. These are the records of the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise ever. Its mission, to locate every second and contemplate every eon, from outside time to the Big Bang, all the way to the end of all existence. To do what no sane entity has ever done before. This is the Temporal Trek Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Temporal Trek Podcast. We are in Season 3, Episode 3 point something uh, of uh, this uh, watch through uh, of Picard. And we are in Season 3, Episode 7 of Picard Season 2. Um, uh, as always, I am not alone and I'm just drawing in my guest again. Dan, are you still there? I am indeed. Hello. Hello, um, hello. All right. We continue onwards, uh, onwards and upwards. Yes. Um, uh, how are you? Uh, how have you been for the week? I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, not too bad at all. Excellent, excellent. Um, we've got some interesting ways of looking at this episode because uh, there's the Temple Trek way, which means we'd only have about a handful of scenes to actually talk about. Uh, and then there's the way that we're going to do as if we were doing it in season three to come of uh, this podcast, where I will tell you the scenes that I will be talking about because I watched them. And I did not watch the other scenes. Uh, now, in the future, again, if you are listening to this in temporal uh, chronological order, we haven't got to that point yet. But if you've already watched and, and listened along uh, with it, um, Vanishing Point in Enterprise, I did not watch the dream sequence of Hoshi fighting these aliens uh, in the transporter. Um, I just skipped the scenes before and after the dream sequence because they are the only ones in reality. Under the rules of this podcast, it's only reality if it actually happened. I don't watch visions. I don't watch uh, things that are on monitors. I don't consider holodecks as time travel. And I don't have Q uh, things like Sherwood Forest count as medieval time travel. That's not what happens. It has to be in chronological order as it happened in history. So if I was doing it the old way, I would start at 11 minutes and 58 seconds when Talon is about to go into Picard's mind. However, we get a number of scenes before that. Now, I don't actually watch them, but because I have to go through the thumbnails as I've zoomed through the episode trying to find what second to come in, um, I know that Picard's sitting there talking to someone in an office. There's a weird sunshine uh, desk toy thing going on. Um, so I'm going to hand over to Dan, who has watched the episode, as someone who is normal would watch this episode. <laughs> Um, so I think that's a bit strong. Normal was a bit strong. <laughs> Someone who's in, who's actually sane and not insane watching this episode. So, uh, Dan, what's been happening up to this point? Well, there's been a um, a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A therapy session. Okay. Yes, um, they've been talking about um, life and and the past. And see, the problem with this 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 format is. I have the worst memory in the world. <laughs> so all I remember about this, this scene, really, is them sitting together with a sort of a sun outside. It looks to be on a spaceship. Um, whether it's the Enterprise or not, I don't know. And then inside, there's sort of like a, I don't know what it is, a 3D model or some kind of model of, of the sun in the thing. And, and that's about all I remember about it, because <laughs> I have a terrible memory. Um and they talk about stuff. Yes. Um, so this could be, a, you said this could be a short episode. This could still be a quite a short episode. Although to be fair, 
there are bits later on that I remember a bit better and I have more to say about. But this is fair enough. I know that there was quite a bit of excitement because this guy was from Battlestar Galactica. Yes. I never watched the new version. I, I watched. Ah. Um, I've watched the original, which is. Um, I mean, we're going off topic here, but my God, it's bizarre. <laughs> I never. I used to love it as a kid, and yeah. and I watched it recently. It was on um, the horror channel, and it's it's odd. It really is strange, isn't it? Yes. Like, I mean, of all the projects that came out in the seventies that bandwagoned onto the back of Star Wars's success, yeah, that is so strange. Like, it is. you know, all oh, right, you've got the Cylons as the stand-ins for your stormtroopers and things like that, but just the tangents that thing went on yeah really bizarre but i know that the guy who made it was also making buck rogers and yes. i think i seem to remember someone saying at some point that there was the the thought of perhaps mashing them up like okay. there was going to be a crossover because in season two of uh, buck rogers before it got cancelled they were going off to find the 13th earth tribe in the searcher in the tcs searcher i think it's called um and um uh, yeah, then obviously Battlestar is trying to find, you know, the thirteenth colony of the Earth people who have who've gone off to Earth, uh, and that they were actually going to meet at some point. Uh, but obviously that went off the rails. Bucks, Buck Rogers got completely cancelled, and then um, we got Battlestar nineteen eighty, which is even weirder. I don't know if you've seen that one. No, I've not seen that. I didn't even know that existed. Oh, it's a TV movie that is so unbelievably cheesy, where oh, okay. they actually make it to Earth, but Earth is nineteen eighties. And they have like sky bikes and they're they're trying to advance. I've seen that. I didn't realise yes. that was separate, but yes, I have seen that. Yeah. And, and I remember Buck Rogers. I haven't seen Buck Rogers as an adult, but I do remember loving Buck Rogers as a, as a kid. Oh, yeah. So perhaps it would be just as bizarre to watch <laughs> it now. I might do that. I might see if I can find it on YouTube or something and watch a couple of episodes see, to see. I might start watching that as a bit of PTSD because it's about someone who gets stuck in time and then wakes up in the future and well yes. beyond. And I don't know. After all, everything I've gone through in this season so far of uh, of the podcast, I don't know. It's um, yeah, it's a bit close to the bone, bit too, isn't it? Bit too close to the bone, isn't it? Yeah, far beyond. Oh, sorry, I'm going to start singing. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's a therapy session and Picard is out there sort of talking to this guy, but we don't really know anything about him up to this point. No. No. no fair enough fair enough so at 11 minutes and 58 seconds i jump into reality and talon is sitting outside him she's sort of getting some weird tech ready now in the end of the last episode she said i could go in and she had her sonic screwdriver i mean a sonic tool uh saying that she could then use it to enhance his brain waves and go in and sort of watch his dreams um which gives me a big eye roll because you know how i feel about people going into dreams which is weird because i've just finished stranger things season four and the whole premise of that is that they fight the demon in dreams and for some reason that didn't bother me as much as this does in all the other sci-fi shows i watch any other sci-fi show when they say we're going to go inside their mind i'm like oh god not again (laughs) we're going to get some weird white room that somehow stands in for everything they're thinking oh god's sake can we just not do dreams for once I don't know why it is. It just, it gets my back up and I don't like this concept. It's just, it annoys me. It's one of the reasons again, why I wanted time for Trek because I can ignore the dreams. I don't have to watch those episodes anymore. Um, two moons circling my ass. Um, so that's a TNG reference. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to not watch dreams for Temple Trek. Um, on La Serena, 
uh, uh, Raffi and Seven have been back because they're going to go off on a separate mission as well. And these are some of the other scenes we get. Um, they start talking about how they're the main event. They're the, you know, they're not the side story. They are the main love story. Who cares about Gerati and Rios kissing on the dance floor? You know, we're the ones who are the main important. I thought it was kind of ironic that what I've consider the sideline story of this season which was Raffi and seven which didn't get as explored as some of the other aspects are saying that they're the main story i thought that was quite i don't know if that was a knowing nod a meta nod that they realized i mean we're running out of episodes here and we haven't actually explored this relationship enough um any thoughts on that um i suppose if any relationship you think you're the main story do you very true yeah very true you know it's your story that's for sure you're never the you're never yeah. the yeah the side character I suppose in no. your own story yeah no yeah or or maybe I am maybe uh, you know just <laughs> just don't realise um, Borg uh, Borg encryption on La Serena yes. and uh, they realise that Gerati has been hacked by the Borg and she has hacked the La Serena as well and locked them out um, back to the Mariposa clinic and Talin goes white eyed she's put this weird metallic Spock ear on on one side and it's now sort of hooked her in like a jury rigged mind meld as she said last week at uh 14 minutes and 15 seconds we stop and we go into another dream sequence mm. now again only looking at the thumbnails it kind of looks like dnd does picard or picard does dnd yes. yes. um take it away <laughs> well this this bit i mean again i'll <laughs> i'll be quite honest with you i'm a bit confused about where i am in in the storyline because as i say my memory um <laughs> But um, this is an interesting bit for me. Talon goes in and she's sort of watching and, and, and Picard is a child with his mother. Right. And she starts talking about, or I think Picard starts talking about sort of monsters and, and living with these monsters are real and stuff. And this is where I start to have a bit of a problem with this whole thing. This whole, not so much the dream sequence, but the whole story of Picard's mother. Because Picard's mother <clears throat> is psychotic. That's what's happening. She ha she's having psychosis. She's seeing monsters that are real. That is psychosis. And that is an extremely serious mental health issue. An extremely serious mental health issue. Mm. And, and it's actually, again, one of the things I don't like about the representation of mental health in, in films and TV and stuff is that, you know, almost everybody, it seems, is having psychosis. And that's what people think of with mental health issues is that, like, you know, they're seeing things and people are talking to them and all that stuff. And that actually is quite rare, really, and extremely, extremely serious. And it's one of the problems, I think, that mental health issues have in the sort of public consciousness because of the way it's represented in TV and films and stuff is that actually most people, you know, they suffer from like depression, anxiety, those sort of things. And because they're not quite so, what's the word I'm looking for? Quite so sort of extraordinary. It's almost seen like, well, depression is just being a bit sad actually to be mentally ill is to be seeing things and and you know stuff that isn't there and all that stuff and the truth is obviously you know that yes that is mental health as well mm. but it does not mean that someone who's got depression 
as a part as a as a separate thing to sort of being being sad we all we're all sad in our lives we all have moments and times when we feel good and when we don't feel so good hmm. that's not that's normal that's that's normal mental health depression is a different thing depression and anxiety that sort of stuff is a different thing and so having i was i think i don't know if this episode will come out before this one or but we did speak last week when we were recording mm. about yes. the fact that i've had mental health issues of my own perhaps i should mm. re re re-mention that because yeah, i don't know do. you know i've had i've had mental health issues of my own i, I suffered from uh, depression and anxiety i have had a little bit of psychosis um but luckily not extreme i i i actually i when I was ill, I, I went to a, um, a charity, a, a, a British charity called Mind. Mm. And um, I went there as a client when I was ill, and I ended up working there towards um, after a few years. I, you know, And I actually dealt with someone who had psychosis, and she was, I mean, to say she was ill is an understatement. Mm. Um, she, you know, and, and this, uh, this is another discussion, really, but the the, the problems we had getting mental health services to engage and to realize how ill she was. Mm. That's another entirely different discussion, but, you know, mm. but um, so, yeah, this is why I have an issue with it because I think that this is, this is the, the sort of public face or the public imagination of mental illness. And it, you know, people do suffer from psychosis. Of course they do. And, but it's it's unusual. It's you know you you've got to be very very ill to be in this situation. Mm. Um, I sort of lost the track of where I'm talking about, but yeah, but yeah. So uh, you know, for her to be, you know, she doesn't need to see things to be mentally ill. Yes, to be depressed. You know, she kills herself. Well, I think this. I don't think this is in this episode, but you know, th- and that's that's depression that could be mm. you know that could be caused by psychosis it could be that she's terrified and she you know but i just feel that it's it's badly served mm. you know the sort of the the truth of you know and it, it means that people feel i don't know maybe that you know i'm not seeing things so i'm not ill do you know what yes. i mean yeah and this again leads on to i think in the next dream sequence or one of the dream sequences to come you know this this thing where, where where Picard's father talks about, you know, I tried to help her, but she wouldn't take help and stuff like that. Again, I have a real issue with that because I think you know we're in the twenty twenty first century, mm-hmm. and in in Britain we have a a law or a, a bill called um, the Mental Capacity Act. Yes, which basically says if if someone has a disturbance to the function of their mind or brain then this act can be used. And then there's there's criteria for, for deciding whether someone can make a decision for themselves or whether whether that decision needs to be taken out of their hands. Mm. And to be brutally honest with you, I think you'd hope by the 24th century, this this, this that decision would have been taken out of her hands. To be to be that ill, you know, she would not again, you know, maybe we haven't seen enough to say that, but I don't think she'd be in a in be able to make a decision a rational decision for herself she would have received help unless yeah. picard's father you know stopped that in some way by not letting people know not you know which has its own connotations mm. for the way that picard sort of forgives his father 
which again maybe I should leave to talk about later on but there's there's I have I have difficulty with that I think again and that's not just about mental health that's about sort of the way controlling behavior and that sort of stuff hmm. um so I haven't really talked about the um the scene because I can't really remember Go for it. no that, uh, that that's that's fine just not going through the scenes and going through what it actually means that's exactly what we need to do for this for this podcast so um thank you again for sharing and, and for pleasure. being part of it I wonder do you think that that's it's the problem with dramatic storytelling yeah. is that you have to go to that extreme yeah. dramatic angle and that's what underserves you know the the, the truth yeah. of mental yeah. ill uh, in health um you know they always go to that extreme because yeah. that is better television and which is a horrible yeah. thing to yeah, say it's more but, visual it's more yeah. you know it's more sort of you know and again i mean we can we'd, maybe we should talk now about about dream sequences and stuff you, you don't have a, you have an issue with dream sequences and to be honest so i do a little bit as well because I think, um, you know, I try to think, I mean, maybe I, I'm, I'm odd. Maybe I am odd. But my brain isn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> it isn't this sort of I mean, mind palace that, you know. That yes. We can yeah. talk, you know, it's not, you know, I don't know. It's, it's very odd, you know. I, I don't have a perfectly blank white room in my head. No, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. I wish I did because, you know, uh, you can't see it on this camera, but this is a very untidy front room. There are three kids in it, and I wish I had a nice, tidy white room in my head that I could just go into at any point and just be safe. Um, yeah, it does bother me that everybody seems to have the exact same visual references in their head. Yeah, which that whole you know, it's a whole other connotation because we're all supposed to be individuals. Why would we, you know, do that in our head that is exactly the same as everybody else? Um, uh, it's a, a shorthand and, uh, and a trope, I think, for dealing with going into the mind of yes. someone. That that's what bothers me about dream sequences. It's always yeah. the same bloody imagery. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I was going to say something else. Yeah, it's it's, it's like um, when they de depict, uh, say, an armed forces group on a TV show or something like that. You know, it's it's a million scenes of fighting and very little of what actual military life is like. It's a lot of sitting around. It's a lot of planning. It's a lot of training. It's a lot of, um, you know, interpersonal relationships and things like that. And you don't necessarily get a lot of fight. You, you do years and years and years of training for say five minutes of actual combat, but the combat is what takes up the entire TV ser series for whatever they're doing. Um, and it just seems to be the same way that they're doing for mental health as well. You, you take the yeah. extreme version, the, the 1%, of yes. mental health issues and that is your dramatic emphasis whereas actually where's the the long form storytelling where is the 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 interpersonal relationships the sponsors the people who look after you the you know the months and months of medication admittedly that could be quite boring tv but yes you do need that you need to show that that's been going on for a long yeah. time it could have been an easy um you know um montage sequence of years of showing his father and mother going back to doctors back and forth back and forth back and forth and it getting missed um you know you're already doing dream sequences you could just mm. cut back several mm. times to other times when this has happened um yeah it, it, it i feel like there, it was underserved Go, thinking back on the episode again i haven't rewatched, so it's not fresh in my memory but these memory sequences i felt like there was more they could have done they yeah. kind of stuck to just one room where he got his foot stuck i seem to remember and that's pretty much all they did um 
uh, as they're going through some of that, it does jump back into reality at 18 minutes and 12 seconds, 18 minutes, 14 seconds it finishes, and it's just basically Picard jerking around on the table because something's happening in his mind. Uh, and then um, back into 22 minutes and 26 seconds, Mariposa Clinic, we got Rios. Now, uh, I've titled our little thing because I try and think up the titles for the episodes ahead of time, uh, but Rios reacts recklessly. And this, for me, was a big theme. I don't know if it was for you, but the amount of rules he broke, the amount of Temporal Trek rules 101 that he uh, decided didn't apply to him because uh, he started talking about spacesuits and zero-G combat training. Uh, and she was saying, he's nine years old. You don't need to talk to him like that. Although my nine-year-old would love that kind of talk. Yes, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, Dr. Teresa doesn't think that that's a good thing for him, uh, but she's, uh, she wants to get into the clinic, but he's not letting her do it, and he's trying to hold her back and all this kind of stuff. He eventually lets her in, and she sees the weird mind meld jury rig and what the hell is going on. Um, she uh, swears at him, uh, but not in all the best swear words, yeah. as Ricardo <laughs> likes to say. Um, uh, any thoughts on sort of Dr. Teresa finally realising what was so unusual about Rios? I, I really like this actually because I think this is this is so <clears throat> consistent for Rios. Now, for whatever reason, Rios has fallen in love with this woman yeah. instantly, and I think she—I don't know if she's in love with him, but you know, she's There's something she's, about him. Yeah, exactly, absolutely, and and I think you know you do do reckless things, you know. Yeah. How many people? I mean, it's not reckless, really, but how many people ring in sick yeah. about a week into a sort of new affair? You know, <laughs> it's you know, it's a trope, but it's true, isn't it? Very true. Yeah. Very true. No, no, not true at all. Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just, just in case any future bosses are listening. Yeah. You know. So, and this is maybe a step further, obviously, but I think it makes sense for Rios. Yeah. Mm. There's also uh, the bit where he starts walking towards her very slowly and she says, why are you walking towards me like a serial killer? Um, he doesn't really seem to know what he's doing. Like He's, he's, he's thrown out of himself. Um, I need to explain something to you without breaking time. Yes. Uh, so he's aware of his actions. I suppose, yes. you know, being calling him reckless, I suppose, is unfair on my part. But, um, yeah, he's about to then divulge everything. And it stops at 23 minutes and 53 seconds. Apparently it goes back to the dream sequence. Again, from the thumbnails on this bit, I kind of just saw it was the, still the same thing. Picard's foot was still stuck in the wall yes. or, the, or the floor. And there was a monster behind Talon or holding her in some <laughs> yep, way. Yep. Uh, but that's all I got to see. Uh, yep. Was there anything else, do you think, from this bit? Not really, no. Again, um, I did, you know, I watched it about three times yesterday. And honestly, mm. I mean, maybe that's so, you know, Maybe that's something about the storytelling. <laughs> I don't know, but I can't really... Um, I think the problem with it is it, it was all sort of... all sort of moulded into one. It was all like this sort of gothic horror. Mm. Which but is unusual just, for Star Trek. You know, there's, there's only a handful very, of episodes yeah. I can think of that have that aesthetic. Yeah. Um, was it fresh to see? Was it was it nice to see those things? Like, in that regard, like, it's something we don't really get to see in Star Trek. I, I just, do you know what? It's funny. I don't like any of the sort of Chateau Picard scenes through the whole series, really. Mm. And that's without rewatching. So maybe I'm being. <laughs> I just find the whole thing a bit. 
I suppose like childhood is an interesting one, isn't it? Because you know, childhood is is pretty boring, really, in lots of ways. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you sort of get up in the morning, you go to school, you come home, a bit like adulthood, really. Yeah, and then you have these moments. You do have these, you know, things you remember and these, you know, lovely holidays or whatever it might be, or you know, or sort of going to the theatre or something, you know. But actually, it's you know, you don't have a sort of gothic horror in your childhood, <laughs> you know, and then that's again, that's not to sort of play down the awful things some people sure. go through. Obviously, sure. But do you know what I mean? It's again, it's it's trying to tell a sort of story that that works for TV as visual and stuff, rather yeah. than what maybe is an experience that you would have. Mm. Yeah. So I again, mean, you know. yeah. Oh, there's, there's. I mean, we're living in a, a particular housing council estate area where I am in Chatham. Um, we have a high percentage of uh, SEN kids, but kids on on support who you know have family situations that are very tough um and you know their domestic troubles i don't think would manifest you know in the mind even if they were that one percent who have that manic um you know imagination uh, part of their their trauma um you know they wouldn't manifest in this particular way and it's very hard to think that someone even in the 24th century would manifest their visually their trauma in this way as well and it just it is very unusual choice mm. for that i know it's an old chateau and you could argue well, it's a you know, medieval chateau maybe it invited that the stories that his mother used to tell were very fantasy oriented yeah. and medieval so maybe that engendered that kind of thing in him um i don't know i just kind of knowing picard from tng and i know this is a common complaint that the tng and picard doesn't feel organically that this is where picard would end up even if he went through everything he went through in season one up to season two you know wouldn't it have been more shakespearean you know mm. wouldn't it wouldn't it have been slightly less dnd monsters in the basement and more what if it was a really um souped up puck from midsummer night's dream or what if it was a really uh, horrendous iago from othello what if it was all the villain characters from mm. Shakespeare who were just souped up and dangerous? I know it kind of. I know it seems a bit silly, but you know, what if it took things that we knew Picard was interested in mm. and flipped it on its head? That actually was scary to him as a child, and he sort of got into it after a while. What if it was the three witches from Macbeth? Mm. You know, something like that. Um, it, it just would have gelled for me better as an explanation of where his character was as a child up to adulthood and, and the Picard we get to know in TNG as well. Um, yeah, just, just a very unusual set of circumstances. However, visually, I do remember watching this episode and thinking, wow, we don't really see a lot of that sort of medieval dungeons and monsters and, you know, yeah. goblins and demons and stuff like that. And and I did get a kind of uh, Guillermo de Toro feel. Yes. Yeah, Hans yeah, Labyrinth that, and that yeah, sort yeah, of thing as well. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, which, which again, I would love to have a Guillermo de Toro episode. Um, we've just had Strange New Worlds, uh, Those Who Wander, with yep. uh, the Gorn, or basically Alien, but in Star Trek, which for me was brilliant because I absolutely love it. I've always wanted something like a Xenomorph that they would come up against, and they did it in that episode. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah I, I, I like the aesthetic, but I don't think it's an organic choice for what Picard would visualise his trauma as in his mind. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that makes sense. <laughs> uh, coming back into reality at 24 minutes and 11 seconds, uh, Dr. Rick Teresa is the only doctor who can uh, heal Picard, apparently. Um, she can check his vitals. He could die. Um, he uh, seems to, uh, Rios seems to get Archer's explaining powers uh, in this from in season three to come for our podcast. Um, he's able to somehow explain that she can deal with this because she's a doctor and you know you know what to do does she this is a 24th century problem we've got someone hacking into his mind she doesn't have equipment from the 24th century until she does because rios just hands her a stabilizer which has got beamed into his hands and dr Teresa sees her first beam in and beam out uh it's a neural analyzer was this the thing from season one the brain scanner it looked awfully similar okay yeah I was trying to remember if it was the same prop. And I haven't gone back to season one yet to go and sort of check. But, you know, the thing that could it could solve your, all your problems just by thinking. Because hmm. I was wondering if that was an out. You know, the way that she can solve this is by having this one piece of tech that is just using her thoughts. So she thinks what she wants to do to heal his brain and it does it for her. Um, because that would explain how a 21st doctor, 21st century doctor can use 24th century tech. Um and that ends at 25 minutes, 22 seconds. Again, I saw that there were some more dream sequences. Again, it was the same sort of monsters. Uh, Talon seemed to be kicking butt, I think, from the, the thumbnail, as far as I could see. Uh, and then 25 minutes and 58 seconds, we come back out into reality. Uh, and again, she seems to be stabilizing, but it's a lot of like hand-waving with uh, uh, Star Trek <laughs> technology. It's doing something because it's lighting and flickering. Um, uh, and we, but we do get the scene of, are you from outer space? No, I'm from Chile. And I love how he says Chile. Yeah. Um, uh, I just work in outer space. Uh, now this hasn't happened yet. Uh, obviously, um, yep. uh, or it has happened yet, actually. Yes. For him, it has it happened has, yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, do you feel like maybe people study that line from Kirk, uh, in the history books and every time traveling Starfleet officers just like, I wish I can say that to somebody someday. <laughs> Yeah, maybe, yeah, because I mean, Kirk, uh, sorry, Picard earlier knows talks of Talon about um, the Gary Seven mission, doesn't doesn't he? So he obviously exactly. studied. So maybe it's it's required reading at the academy. <laughs> These are the perhaps, things you can say. Exactly, they always have a list of things to say <laughs> when you're in the 21st century or the 20th century. That's the in-universe explanation as to why the writers just recycle same words. Yeah. for every script yeah we go all right uh at 26 minutes 23 seconds it stops uh, 20 more seconds of uh fighty fighty uh, destroy the demons in your mind and then 26 minutes of 45 seconds la serena uh yes. raffi and seven have found where gerati going they've uh, sort of uh dealt with the board code and uh, they're going to go and find it now they're going to go and beam out and go back to la uh on mariposa uh picard's still twitching again and we end at 27 minutes 30 seconds and we go back into a dream sequence again. Mm. Um, I think at this point from the thumbnails, I seem to recall that actually they're now, uh, they're, they're seeing more of who the demon actually is. So you're seeing yep. Papa Picard, basically. A any thoughts on this reveal that actually the, the psychologist from the beginning of the episode is actually Papa Picard and we're sort of getting an idea of who and what is going on in this episode now? Um, <clears throat> yes, I have a real issue with this. Yeah which I sort of began to speak about earlier, but um, basically he sort of says, well, it wasn't my fault. 
I tried to help, but she wouldn't let me help. Yeah. And I'm really sorry. And, and Picard sort of forgives him, it feels like. And I have a real, real issue with this. Yeah. Because um, this isn't the, the behaviour of someone that, that's helping. This is someone who's controlling, who is is allowing someone to suffer. Yeah. And so, yeah, this, uh, yeah. Um, again, uh, you know, again, we don't know what 24th century mental health treatment is like, but I, I would hope <laughs> that it's moved on. Yeah. You know, that not only the sort of, you know, the sort of the, the cures or the not cures, maybe the wrong word, but the, the treatments, but also the attitudes have yeah. moved on quite considerably. And I don't think for a moment that the, the, the medical services would allow, or not allow, that's the wrong word, but would not intervene in a major way to help someone who's suffering from psychosis. Mm the only explanation for that is that Picard's father either played down what happened or ha was happening or who, or, or didn't report this at all. And, and basically left his, his wife to be in this incredibly difficult situation, in which case, you know, <laughs> it's, it's questionable and questionable is being polite. It's awful, yeah. and 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 again, I mean, my partner, she she when we watched this originally, she was talking about um, you know tropes in sort of in in literature in in, in film and TV, the sort of hysterical woman, yeah. you know, and 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 the sort of you know the 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 man saying, well, you know, she was that's how she was, and and she. She wouldn't take help, and you know it's an excuse. Yeah. It's an excuse because you know again by this point, hopefully people would be aware of the effect that this would be having on the young Picard. You know the the you know the potential. How many people do you see that you know whose parents have had mental health issues or alcoholism or whatever it might be that have led to problems for a child in the future? You know, people would be aware of that. I mean, they're aware of it now. But yeah. they would be be sort of you know be concerned about that much more I think. So this is a real cop out for me, and a real problem. Mm. And to be honest with you, it makes me quite angry mm. um, that that the the producers or the the, the writers l allowed themselves to go down that route, you know, where it's the woman's fault. That's yeah. basically what it's you know. By Picard forgiving his father, it's basically saying, "Well, it's his mum's fault for not taking help." Yeah. Which you know is 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 troubling. It's consistent with Maurice's character from TNG things that yep. we've seen in the past that he was belligerent, that he was anti-Starfleet, that he was anti-expansionism yep. um, uh, and um, progression. Um, he, he didn't like technology. He didn't really want to be born in the 24th century. He wanted yep. to be uh, a more hands-on sort of character. So him being the villain, that does actually make sense, you know, and, and sort of letting pride stand in the way of his wife's mental illness 
for me worked in that regard you know for that character um, yeah yeah absolutely i don't i'm not saying that it's not within character but the turnaround is that actually they're blaming his mother they're not actually saying well she didn't deserve to suffer in this way and you know look at your father why why forgive him why do all yeah. this um yeah there's there's not really much else you can say about that. <laughs> it's it's it it seems like the biggest misstep of the season was yeah, to do that. I think so. I um, think so. But again, we still won't get all of that. I think until next episode, if I remember right, um, because uh, Talon does say later in this episode, you know, there's more to this story going on. But clearly, there's more there. Um, at 32 minutes and 12 seconds, got about two minutes left. I'll just do this bit. Um, Picard awakens, and the story has sort of finished for now. And Talon does say that's it um, we're gonna have to go back there is that weird thing where he just sits up and they have like a knowing glance and it's you know to me having not watched the dream sequence is like well a minute she went in he was laying there he was jerking around on the table dr Teresa gave a scanning thing on his mind and then they woke up and smiled at each other <laughs> so in reality to the outside observer what the hell happened there um <laughs> Uh, Rios and Ricardo are outside drawing spaceships in chalk. Yes. Again, recklessly, he's giving away the design of future spacecraft ah. to anyone passing by in that uh, that Mariposa clinic. Uh, Ricardo's perfect little, you know, rocket ship from the 50s. That looks brilliant. Almost looked a bit Captain Proton. I was kind of yes, hoping indeed. he would sign it that way, that actually was a big Captain Proton fan. Um, and there was some, you know... Uh, you know, next generation Captain Proton uh, TV show that he was obsessed with. Um, but yeah, he's drawing the La Serena. He's he's drawing the plans for their spaceship for anyone to see. Oh, well done, Rios. Very good. Um, I'm human. He has to justify being human. Yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, Dr. Teresa calls him out on that and says, uh, yeah. you, know, you have to go through life justifying who you are. Um, he talks about having bad dads throughout his life and now obviously that plays into everything we've just been talking about um he seems to want to go for father figures and actively discover father figures that fits for season one with the captain who died at the hands of the androids and that's why he sort of left starfleet it fits with picard and why he follows him to the ends of the earth it's a pretty good analysis of the character now i've, I've seen lots of people say that rios's eventual decision later on doesn't make any sense and doesn't fit with his character but actually all of his actions so far, yeah. for me, made perfect sense. I, I could see the progression from A, B, and C. Um, I didn't know if that was the same for you. Yeah, definitely. I think you're right. I think you know he's been consistent throughout this season. Mm. You know, he 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 falls in love with this woman. Yeah, simple as that. And and you know, and that that basically guides his decisions throughout the season. So yes, yeah, he's he's fallen in love, and he he would act how I would expect Rios to act in that way um back in la seven and raffi are tracking down this new ball queen they find uh the remnants of the glass that uh, gerati left now in last episode we obviously watched that scene at yep. the end of the other scene but now we're seeing the glass that was smashed on the floor from when she was in the bar watching the cctv footage and that's when it goes back into last week so you can go back into the last week watch that scene and come back to us at 35 minutes and four seconds we stop we come back at 35 minutes and 59 seconds uh, back on the Mariposa, um, uh, 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 Picard getting a sit rep from Raffi and, and Girati over the comms. 
Uh, they find out Rene is safe, everything was fine, but Sung is now their new threat. So they moved the mission on, as it were. Um, there's a new personal connection. Talon gives away that she's actually a Romnia. She uh, yes. tucks her hair back yes. and reveals that there's this sort of weird cloaking technology, holographic disguise thing that she's got, which is very cool. Uh, and for some reason, uh, can't, can't use it for eight hours. Yeah. Uh, takes eight hours to recharge. Now, uh, that seems like classic time travel 101. You know, they were covering up the ears, but this time without a beanie hat, without uh, a weird judo uh, kit that uh, Spock has uh, just uh, got out of. Um, why didn't everybody use these holographic ears? This yeah. is so much easier, so much better. Um, uh, Picard wants to go back to uh, the mission. He just, you know, whatever happened in his mind is now irrelevant. Mm. Uh, but Q does say, know yourself and he, he brings up that actually q said wait a minute it's more about knowledge of myself uh he, he needs the trial to happen but it seems to be more of a personal journey so they've already set up this question of is it really about renee or is it really about picard um knowing what happens to future parts of the season obviously changes that but at this point if you were watching this fresh do you feel like they've done enough groundwork to secure that this is more of a personal journey for Picard than it is for galactic importance and the end of all existence. Not yet, no. I think this is an important moment mm. um, because what it does is it, it's sort of, you know, I think we've spoken about this earlier in the season. You know, this, you know, this this weird change in Q. Mm. You know, from sort of this this. You know this character that's trying to sort of change the future, and is is sort of quite evil, I suppose you could say. Mm-hmm. To at the end of the season where he, you know, he sends them back and he cares about Picard and all that stuff. This maybe is a key moment in that where suddenly, the as you say, maybe the focus can change mm. from this sort of world not world ending but this world changing mm. event into this sort of personal exploration of his childhood which maybe will allow him to live a better life or you know be able to sort of be more more settled in himself mm. so yeah it's interesting mm. it, uh, even at this point i was wondering are they are they trying to make like a microcosm of all of tng because q was the villain in the first few seasons then he sort of mellowed he lost his powers in jhrq pretty much how he'd done it in season two he lost his powers he couldn't click his fingers and then we go into sort of the, the tapestry area mm. uh, of, of like he's actually trying to help Picard and actually by all good things he's on his side and he's trying to help him in a timey-wimey way yeah in this season in season two he starts as the villain he's really angry loses his powers and by the end of it wants to help Picard in a timey-wimey way and yes, I was wondering okay. if that was a deliberate storytelling thing that they were trying to do and whether they actually pulled it off in a convincing way i like that idea i really do actually that's interesting i hadn't thought of it like that but yeah there's there's a parallel there isn't there mm. but again yeah where did they pull it off hmm. perhaps that's we it. need to perhaps this is the question we need to leave to the end of the last episode <laughs> there we go did well, they actually did give us a convincing they, did they pull cue? it off yeah yeah okay yeah um they need to summon Q. They need to bring Q to them, and they know someone who can do it. Off we go to ten forward, and Guinan can summon Qs now. Yes, yes. 
uh, where, did this happen before? This is it's very strange. Uh, we get the idea that there was this cold war between the Elorians and the denizens of the continuum. She's not going to call them gods. Um, yes. But there's genies in bottles and moments in time trapped inside a, a drink or, or a piece of food. It totally fits with the Elorians. You know, the listeners who believe that over food and drink, you can actually get to know people. It makes total sense why Garnet's the barman and all this kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, trapping moments in bottles it, are we veering too much to a very magical way of thinking now i know yes it's star trek everything's made up yes i know and technobabble is basically just magic just re-explained in a different way but time things in bottles it just seems very too far into the fantasy genre over maybe there's a device should we have been a little bit more akuchi moya like chakotay <laughs> Where we're, you know, we can kind of suspend disbelief here, but it was basically she pulled a genie in a bottle moment, like she pulled off the thing and it, yeah, let it out. Was it? Did it? Did it fit right with you? Because something, something in, inside me just didn't seem to buy it, and I don't know why. Uh, yeah, I think I don't think my issues were particularly the genie in the bottle thing. I think my issues were more like where did this come from? <laughs> Regardless of what they used, yeah, you know, this. I mean, I think there was that moment when when sort of Guyana does a does a hands. Yes, yes. Um, you know, and I don't know. I mean, I think the cue are quite sort of dramatic, aren't they? True. So maybe it would appeal to them in a way, and if the Elorians are, as you say, you know, as she says, they're sort of. You know the the idea of food and drink and and you know that sort of thing. So I can I can live with that, hmm. and I can live I can live with the be able to summon a queue as well because you know let's be honest with you you know every time they make a new story, you know they they come up with things and this is just something they've come up with. You know I mean. <laughs> We had time sickness a few weeks ago, which we've exactly, never heard yeah, of before. Exactly. So you know, I can li- I can live with that because I. It's funny because you know, I often think about this that you know basically I spend a lot of time talking to you about <laughs> Star Trek and being you know quite in depth about Star Trek and stuff, and I do the same with the academic Trek. You know, I sort of talk to people that that write you know thoughtful articles about this, but I don't really watch Star Trek in a very thoughtful way. I just really enjoy it. Yeah, so I allow most things to go. To be honest with you, I'm not like oh, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a canon sort of, you know, canon obsessive or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I just, I just really enjoy the stories, you know. <laughs> and so when we come to talk about this sort of stuff, I end up thinking about it much more than I ever did when I watched the program. <laughs> to be honest with you, um, so yeah, this is the case where I've just gone, oh, that'd be right. Yeah, I so this is the other t-shirt so before we had temple trek who would do that now it's temple yeah. trek sorry for making you think in a different way about yeah, it and, exactly. and just annoying you uh, <laughs> uh no yeah it's i don't know just the idea of a bottle i think if if there had been a line where she says this isn't actually a bottle you know that right? okay like if it had just been like yeah. to us to you know if it i know it's a trope of like your feeble minds can't comprehend yeah. what it actually looks like this is why you know the q continuum looks like the civil war from america you know 
I feel like her technology as an Elorian should also have that same mystique about it, that it's not actually a bottle. This is a blah, 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 blah. And, you know, it looks to you like a bottle. It, you know, blends in better. This is my disguise. This is so people don't know who I am. I just needed that extra bit of line that not necessarily technobabble, just describe it as this is an Elorian piece of technology. Yeah. looks like a bottle, sounds like a bottle, but actually, and then the earthquake goes off. You know, it's a summoning thing. You know, it makes a big enough blip in the space-time continuum. I don't know, anything like that. Um, it's just, I don't know, it just, it magic. It's just magic. And I uh, I want technobabble, not magic. It's a different way of phrasing it. Yeah. I know it's exactly the same thing. I know space magic is basically the same thing. Yeah. But I don't know, just the, there's a uh, feel to the dialogue that I just didn't get in that moment. Um LA, uh, Raffi and Seven uh, find the broken glass again. So they're, they're sort of figuring out which direction she went from that. Uh, Seven figures out that she needs endorphins, that actually when yes. the Borg assimilate you, you need sort of a rush of hormones, basically, to keep it going. Again, not really anything we've seen, but when you really think about it, like there's, there's moments in Best of Both Worlds. Uh, you remember when uh, they just put Picard on the table, the slab, and they're putting the robot arm or the cybernetic arm on, and there's a tear that rolls down his eye. Okay, yeah. Now, when I was watching that the very first time, years and years ago, I thought that's him being sad that he's being taken over, that he's being forced to do something he didn't want to do. Now I'm thinking, well, was Picard aware that actually they were trying to promote his endorphins and actually he was engaging his sadness, you know, his his lower endorphins, and that was actually the way he fought back. Um, it just wasn't enough. It wasn't strong enough. Um, I don't know. It just—it's one of those things that, in the writing, you know, it's split second of something that's being said in the dialogue, makes me just think of another scene in the future mm. that's to come in a completely different way. And I was wondering if that hit you the same way, or if that just—again, this is just adding more stuff to the law that we didn't really need. I yeah, I think actually, funny enough, this bothered me more than the bottle. Ah, interesting. Because it doesn't really. I think the, the Illurians and the Q, yeah. there's very little sort of canon around that. True, true, yeah. You know, there's a bit with Guy on his her hands and there's sort of, you know, she, we know they don't like each other. And that's about it, really, with Illurians and Q. Whereas with the Borg, we've got a lot more stuff. You know, why hasn't this ever come up before? Why isn't, you know, mm. why has there never been anything even hinting at this and i mean maybe that is you know the only hint yeah but but i mean so if 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 picard was aware of that why wasn't that mentioned when people went over to the ball cube or built ball cube you know remember try to stay calm yeah you know, because if something happens and this will make it harder for them to assim assimilate you and stuff you know do you know what i mean so yeah i actually have more of an issue with this than than the bottle i can live with the bottle interesting but, to yeah. uh, take your shot of you know uh, a certain drug that it would inhibit well, your endorphins yeah, exactly. yeah, as a yeah. defense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I like that. Yeah, yeah. That that yeah. It should have been that. It should have been a, a sort of. I think I was wondering if maybe it's only an issue because the ball queen is on her own. She doesn't yeah. have enough nanites to produce yep. you know the same effect as quickly as normal. But again, yep. that enough that would be an explanation enough. We wouldn't need the endorphin rush or anything yep. like that. You just say she doesn't have enough nanites in her bloodstream, so she just needs to find a different way of, of boosting her energy and things like that. 
Um, yeah, back to ten forward. That's when we get the cat fingers because she's scanning because someone seems to be coming down the stairs. Yes. A guy has shown up. He's celebrating. He looks like he's just come out of work. He's got his loose tie and he's like, oh, I, I think I want some scotch. And she says, no, 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 I know who you are. You're the person who says yours is a scotch, but actually you want a glass of white wine. Uh, and you're, you know, um, you're a little bit of a you know private fiction kind of reader. You just like to sit there and just you know put your feet up and all that kind of stuff. And he says, no, actually, I'm more of a sci-fi guy. And then we just leave him for a second. We go back to Picard and Guinan having a little bit more conversation. Is it him? No, no, it's not him. Why didn't it work? Uh, there's a big earthquake, but no cue has shown up. He seems to know something because he doesn't stop talking. And he's saying, you know, it's really strange. All these unexplained things in the world. Uh, he starts talking about aliens. And he's like, you know what's really weird? Gets out his phone and plays this CCTV footage of Picard beaming in. Um, and the FBI show up and they arrest Picard at 45 minutes and 35 seconds and we end the episode there that's it so yes. well wells we've got wells we've got the fbi we we've got a problem for picard and guinan uh, they summoned the queue but they got the fbi so a completely different set of letters um, do you know what right yeah i've let i've let the bottle go yep i've had issues with the, the endorphins yep i really have issues with the white wine <laughs> he's not a white wine guy <laughs> he's a bud guy isn't he? he is a bud bud like light a, or bud cause light or say cause yeah, light he's, he's, mm. he's, yeah he's not a white wine guy is he i can't i can't let this go I, I don't know. <laughs> he's, a, he's a sort of world weary fbi guy <laughs> he's got some pretzels in a bowl <laughs> <laughs> he's eating bagels absolutely yeah. awesome. although maybe maybe he didn't go for cause light because you remember the old adverts you know the core is light and all that kind of you know, the bud wise that was all set in a swamp now he met the oh, vulcans he, back yes. at a swamp perhaps he's got like a sort of no, don't want to some touch kind that. of version yeah could be could be could be putting him off uh he does just doesn't like uh those particular beers but it may there's plenty of other beers out the world maybe he's an ipa drinker you know mm, kind of uh yeah, maybe ipa yeah yeah maybe you know he likes his his craft beers and stuff like that and he's yeah. just a, he just bores everyone in the office about oh yeah. i've got the fine beer guide this year you know uh, this is where i'm going this year for yeah. my holidays so oh god well shut up I'm crying yeah. out loud we just want to go for a beer he's done a, he's done a few brewery tours hasn't he oh yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> um uh, my father-in-law absolutely loves that and does collect the the fine beer guides so absolutely <laughs> and that's that's what we're going actually on on holiday we're actually going to be going to some uh beer craft beer places oh, really? oh, because cool. that's one of the things he likes to do when we're out there so uh yeah he he, he does love his beer and lots of people do um yeah so that's it for the episode we had lots of dreams we had lots of things going on and rios acting recklessly and genies and bottles so any thoughts on the episode any other things you want to say well i actually funny enough i quite enjoyed this episode mm. despite having moaned quite a bit quite a few <laughs> times through this episode i actually quite enjoyed it mm. um i didn't I don't remember enjoying it when I first watched it particularly. But when I rewatched it, I, gee, I thought it was all right. Mm. You know, there are some issues. There are some things I find difficult. But as an episode, I think it... <clears throat> it was quite well paced. Yeah. It did quite... There was quite a lot going on. There was a lot of... You know, there was a little Rios story going on. Mm. There was Raffi and Seven. Yeah. There was a bit of continuation for Girati. 
Yeah. It was the introduction of, of Wells. There was, you know, there was the, the whole dream sequence stuff we can talk about. Mm-hmm. Tallinn obviously is revealed as being a, a Romulan. Mm-hmm. You know, it's actually a lot that happens in this episode. Mm. So I think it was a pretty good episode, really. From that, then, the continuity, you know, what gets set up in this episode. Again, our ratings are staying quite loose because we are watching the whole season complete and then we'll do a proper rating system later on. But from this episode, there's quite a lot of stuff that gets established. Yes, there is. There absolutely, you know, the sort of Picard's sort of personal story begins to be be sort of not finished that's maybe the wrong word but it's you know i think that was a, a very important episode for this whole idea of 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 q making this situation so that picard can address his you his childhood and stuff hmm. you know that that's a big thing i think um obviously Girati's out in the wild now mm-hmm. you know the the, the the potential ramifications for that there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of consequences, a lot of sort of things going on. I don't think um, it really takes us to a conclusion of the problem they've got, mm. of the world changing. Mm. They've sort of veered off of that a little bit in this episode. It's more more sort of personal. Rios obviously is becoming more and more attached it's maybe the wrong. I don't know. You know, he's be, you know he's opened up. Mm. You know, so that that's really important for him. I think. Mm. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of personal stuff going on. Yeah, he's he he's becoming infatuated with her in every aspect. He he wants to almost question: Does he want to stay there or go back? Um, yeah, and you can definitely see the the groundwork for that being laid. Yeah, and yeah, we find out that. Borgs need you to be a bit happy so they can assimilate you. Um, uh, or that um, uh, you know, Qs and, and Elorians, they've got different ways of doing things. They were somewhat at war or in a cold war. I mean, temporal cold war? You know, oh, God. Was that linked in? Was that an attempt to try and bring that in? Um, I don't know. It, it did make me think that when they said cold war and there were two factions... Yep. I was like, well, that sounds okay. ra- oddly familiar. Was that an attempt to try and do it? And, you know, if it had been successful, if people had watched this show and thought, oh, is that going to be that? I wondered if that was some groundwork they were laying just to see, oh, could we try and do it with Picard to just answer all those problems with en- Enterprise? I don't know. But then that could just be where we just recently watched Enterprise and it's still fresh in my memory. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm just seeing temporal cold wars everywhere. I think most uh, people have blocked that from their mind. <laughs> <laughs> blocked what? They're not talking about anything. Um, so, yes, uh, from that, alterations, expansions. Do you feel like we needed a little bit more? We spoke about Wells. Now, we get, uh, obviously, flashbacks uh, coming up next week to his childhood should we have seen more of Wells? Should we have had Wells in the picture a little bit more up to this point? So it, it, that reveal would have had a bit more weight to it, perhaps? Yes. I mean, I think we're going to, we're, we're sort of tipping the curtain here a little bit, aren't we? Because we've actually recorded the Wells bit. Yes. Yeah. And this is one of the things that we spoke about. We'd like to see Wells more. So, yeah, definitely. But I think from this episode, not really. Mm. You know, there's nothing to suggest that Wells is an interesting character at this point, really. Mm. 
he's just an FBI guy. He could you know he could just be around. I mean, this could have been him arresting them, mm. and somebody else would have talked to him. Yeah, you know. So he, at this point, he's not really an interesting character. I think alterations. I mean, I think again, maybe for me, the way they dealt with the mental health issues of his mother, I would have liked to have seen that done differently. How you do that, mm. you know. I'm not a TV producer and that's probably one of the reasons I'm not a TV producer because I don't know how you would do that. But I would have liked to have seen that done differently. Mm. I think the, the the speed of his forgiveness of his father is, is problematic. Um, so there's, there, there's definitely alterations I'd make, but what they would be, I'm not sure. I mean, again, this is again, one maybe one of the things with a serialized story, you know, they've got to sort of drop these things in. So it's quite hard to make alterations without losing the overall story a little bit, or mm. at least compromising the, the overall story a little bit. So it makes it harder to, to sort of, you know, we could have, if it was a standalone episode, then maybe that would have been easier to suggest changes to, because, you know, we've mm. got to hit this Rios beat. We've got to keep Girati's story moving forward. We've got to, you know, do you know what I mean? And, and yeah. it, makes it, it makes it much harder to to make sort of simple alterations True. that don't have repercussions for the whole series. Absolutely. And we've already said that maybe if they'd had an extra episode just to flesh it out a bit more, maybe some more flashbacks so that we actually see not in some dreamscape, but actually what happened. And now we're seeing the way Picard as a child process that trauma and his imagination yeah. and how it took over. Um, yeah. Um, I think I wanted more to explain things, but that doesn't necessarily mean taking things out and placing them elsewhere. It just means that I want more Picard. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty much all it comes down to. Um, from that, uh, we have our recommendations. So two Star Trek fans standing alone this episode with dream sequences and everything else that happens. Again, hard to do because we are in that. But in the previous episodes, we've said, if you took out a scene and said, right, these are these characters, um, you know, this is a classic Talon and Picard moment. Do you think there's enough in here for Star Trek fans to come back to? I think within the season, I think it's actually quite a strong episode. Now, there's a real change of focus mm. to the personal away from the mm. galactic mm. and that I quite like again I think I've spoken to this before I, I, I think that with new television and sort of prestige television what you really need is these beats these textures you know moments of high drama and moments of low drama and, and sort of and, and this felt like a not a low drama exactly but it just stepped back slightly and for that i quite liked it mm. again you know the problem is you can't watch it without having watched the, the first six episodes really because it it will make no sense yeah and this is the great problem i mean it'd be it'd be really interesting when they start showing like picard and disco and stuff on the telly yes and you just you know like now when i'm watching you know, when I was flicking over sometimes Star Trek's when I just sit and watch an episode. Yeah. Will I do that? I, I probably will. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I am. But, you know, is it, 
is it entertaining TV on exactly. itself? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That you know, and that you know, how much do you need to know? You, you know. So I, I recommend it, yes, because I've recommend the whole season personally. I, you know, again, there are issues with it, and I think some people have been really critical of it, and I don't think yeah. that's quite fair. No, I think this, you know, I think actually it's a pretty decent season, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, you know, so yes, I recommend the whole season. That's all I can do. I can't really <laughs> recommend a separate. Um, yeah. Episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. It, there are some great performances. There are great moments, but again, it's too reliant on everything else happening in the season. You need to watch the whole season together. Um, they haven't made a little bit of TV that's separate part of Picard season two that you can just enjoy and throw on. Uh, so to non-Star Trek fans, is it just too confusing? It's not that it's too confusing. That obviously is an issue, but I think Picard almost what's the point of watching Picard if you haven't watched TNG? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot relying on that. You have to know so much more about Guinan to understand what what the hell the bottle's all about. You know, that doesn't make any sense. I think, you know, they talk about, they talk about the last episode of Enterprise being a sort of a love letter to the fandom. Mm -hmm. I think they should have written a different one personally, but that's another story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this certainly feels to me like a love letter, Mm. a love letter to TNG in a way. Although, I mean, until, well, next season, it's obviously going to be TNG heavy, but it hasn't been TNG heavy, but Picard is a loved character because of TNG. Yeah. That's the only reason this series exists. Yeah. And so, you know, you have to have you have to have seen TNG to understand. You know, I don't know. Yeah, so I, I can't recommend it to non-Star Trek fans, mm. and I can't really recommend TNG season one to non-Star Trek fans either, <laughs> which is a problem. Um, which is which is a problem because obviously there is that scene in season one of TNG where he meets his mother outside time mm, at yes. the end of the universe. Yes. And he does mention that he always imagined seeing her as a as an older lady. This is later in episodes, not yeah. the one we've just watched. Um, that uh, you kind of need to watch the really bad season of Star Trek TNG to kind of get some references here. And that's not a good recommendation. No. Like, please don't start there. No. <laughs> no, exactly, yeah. You know, go, go to season three, season four TNG, or season five of DS9, or, or Voyager, season four and five. You know, you something know, like that. This is, again, this is going off topic, but it's interesting. Like, we often talk about the um, Measure of a Fan podcast. Mm-hmm. And they chose to, to go in chronological order, not mm-hmm. of how it was made, but of how sort of starting from Enterprise always true yeah but where would you start if you could you i don't think you'd start enterprise season one either no no definitely not but where would you start i mean you know well i mean but then obviously i started as a child i i know i'd seen tos before but it was always sort of on in the background the one the one with the whales was you know well in its uh its way through by the time i was of an age to discover star trek I think we were already on to Star Trek six at that point. Um, you know, the 25th anniversary was rolling around. So I started at the tail end of TOS and the highlight of TNG, you know, the season threes, your season fours, best of both worlds. Um, I don't know. 
it's really hard i i would probably start but again i am biased at the beginning of season three tng because okay. they did do something with that episode i seem to recall uh i think it's uh it's not instance of command it's um where is it it's the one where it's uh the egg and wesley's project gets away from them and uh the nanites take over this yes. science experiment thing but um uh, Gates McFaggan comes back so it's almost they're explaining to Dr Crusher all the things that have gone on for the last season and it was her way of being brought back and a way for the new audience to come back and say don't worry about the other two seasons we're just starting afresh we've got brand new uniforms these are not jumpsuits and we'll just carry on from here they're there and you can go back to them later on but actually here's Wesley super genius boy here's Dr Crusher here's uh, Captain Picard here's um, uh, some other characters we'll just chuck at you and now you can like love them. It's fine. You forget the other two. Just just carry on from this point. So I personally always say TNG season three. But again, people there are people who hate TNG because it's too placid and too beige. Yeah. And it's like a, a Marriott hotel in space, I've heard some yes. people call. Um Yeah, I don't know. How about you? Where would you start? Well, I start I started, I think I don't know where I started. I ever started with TOS, but I think I may have started with TAS. Oh, I think I might have seen the the animated series first. Interesting. On Saturday morning TV, but I might have seen TOS. But I I'm not sure. I can't really you know where I would start personally. I, I, in some ways, I think I might start DS Nine. Good, yeah. Because DS Nine. I, I mean, there's a little bit at the beginning. You know, there's obviously the stuff with um, Wolf Free. which maybe would be useful to know but you don't think you really need to know that but what it does is it's it's very self-contained yeah so I mean that's just biased because DS9 is my favourite true true you know but DS9 I think is yeah that's maybe where I would start hmm it's a good place to start. You know, you you don't have to know what that battle is, but you know it's a battle in exactly this yeah. character's personal history where he loses his wife and he has to raise his son on his own. Um, and there is also the little blurb, isn't there, where they say, you know, there's this battle and blah, 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 yeah. blah. And off you go. And in that first episode, it already cements all of the different characters. You know your Odos, you know your Dax, you know your Bashir and all this sort of thing. Yeah, it's a good place to start. And it's a pilot, so it you can start from the ground running. Admittedly, you're going to have to watch a couple of duds. You've got some move along yeah. homes. And... Oh, do, do you know what? I really quite like move along homes. <laughs> I it's been a long time since I've watched the episode. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I just I don't know. There is something weird about that episode. It is weird, but I, I don't think it deserves quite the slating it gets. To be honest with you, <laughs> uh, if wishes were horses. Like what about the one with uh, Rumpelstiltskin? Again, I quite like that. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm, you know, again, I haven't watched, I haven't watched DS9 for quite a while actually, so maybe I'm being, you know, rose tinted. <laughs> but I mean, there are some conkers, and and this is goes back to my, you know, first season is bad. Um, but yeah, I don't know. But then you yeah. get your duets and the episodes where far beyond the stars. And, oh. The, yeah. What's the one with I can't remember the right the name of it, but you know, when 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 um Cisco dies and Oh what's it called? 
yes, I, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, and, um, and Jake ages and becomes a writer. And I mean, it's you know, visitor, the visitor, visi- the visitor. I mean, what yeah. an episode! What yeah. an episode of television! Forget Star Trek. Yeah, you know. That's definitely going to be a full recommend, nothing from us two there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jumping ahead slightly. Um, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. Fair enough. Um, right. All that remains is to sell podcasts and set up. So uh, where can people find you, Dan? They can find me on Twitter at Academic Trek 47. They can find the podcast Academic Trek where they find podcasts. Excellent. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, check out our sister podcast, The Nexus Nights. It's always out yes. there. General po- uh, pod geekiness, uh, where we just talk any kind of Trek topic, not necessarily in chronological order, uh, although we do do some of that as well. Um, so uh, all that remains is to set up the next episode. So join us uh, next time for season two, episode 3.5, I think, of this. I'm, I've lost track now. Uh, and season two, episode eight of Picard, as we go to Mercy. And uh, we'll be starting just after the episode recap. And I think there's not many time jumps. So it's just going to be two minutes, 22 seconds, and a straight episode watch through. Uh, if it's not that, I will send you the timestamps, Dan. Um, I look forward to it, mate. Thanks as always for listening and we'll see you in the next time stream. We certainly will. If you'd like to contact the show, there's now a Twitter account. Search Temporal Trek Podcast at Rider underscore Coattail or contact me directly at Hitch underscore Daniel. I'm also on Instagram, Daniel underscore Hitch underscore Writer. There's also a website with all of the timestamps you need to follow along. Go to ridingcoattails.simplesite.com and click the Temporal Trek page link. The show is always going to be free, there's no Patreon at all, but if you wish to financially contribute to the show, feel free to find my books by searching me, Daniel Hitch, on Amazon, and we'll catch you in the next time stream.